All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's up, everybody? We are here live in the Casey Beard Co. Studios, and I say live because we're actually recording live, but I promise you when you listen to this, it, it will not be. be live. So why are you lying <laughs> to this, people? I'm not lying. I actually we just clarified live. <laughs> We are live, kind of. <clears throat> Today's date is April 1st. No guests today, <laughs> and we're not fooling. No guests tonight. Um, we, fig- we figured that t- this would be a good week for us to uh, – kind of uh strengthen our relationships here as a as a group as a uh tandem as a trio um actually that that's not what i'm doing here at all we just didn't have a guest tonight so <laughs> today is yesterday tomorrow is now <laughs> so uh, i just wanted to put that out there yeah. so so the aaf is done and we're not going to go into that because why not i don't think we on this and this uh, on the show really cared about the aaf <laughs> although i do know a lot it of people was, did it was a good alternate for uh NFL for uh, those players that can can make the league, can right. make the cut. It was a good way for them to show their potential and other teams. They barely had a cup of coffee and this shit was already yeah, down. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a it was, it was, like I said, it was good potential for those players, but now it's all over. So yeah, the AAF is done. The Royals suck, and I knew it all along. No, uh, I think no, because when you got us ready for this podcast, you were like, "Hey, let's talk about the Royals' hot start. Let's talk about Mondesi." That's because there was a hot start that we had to talk <laughs> oh, about, but then shit. they they dropped four in a row. <laughs> <Do I> no, <know? laughs> and then we can't talk about a hot start anymore I'm because the cold took over. Winter oh. came. You know what I mean? Game of Thrones is here. Yeah, which by the way I cannot wait for. Yep. And the winter uh, fell upon by Game of Thrones, by the, the winter way. fell upon <laughs> Kansas City, Shameless or just plug. at least the Royals. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but <clears throat> I don't really care about this whole Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy thing that they they, they keep uh, bringing yeah. up. The reason why old, I mean, it doesn't old, matter he, now. Yeah, I mean. he's he's long gone, and it the Green Bay has moved on. So. I, I don't get. I just don't get why this has been such publicized news. Just because of the fact, like you said, it's if, if they were still. In tandem in Green Bay, I would understand the validity of it. But the fact is, like, it doesn't help either party really to, to do this. Maybe unless it's just a juicy topic to get them over during the dead seasons of football. I, I don't know. I don't really get the point of this conversation. Yeah, who cares if Aaron Rodgers is petty? Who who cares? Right. I mean, guys, uh, one of the greatest we've ever yeah. seen play the play the game. Who cares? Well, I do know Perfect. one thing about the Aaron Rodgers. He has you know good insurance. You know, State Farm. So <laughs> discount double check. Right. So we got you know, we've had some pretty good news come out this week um, as as Chiefs fans, and I want to start off with uh, the biggest news. I guess you would say. I mean, it's debatable what the biggest news is because I think the no news of Tyreek Hill is still um, probably the biggest news in Kansas City, or yeah. we, we await right. to be the biggest news that, in Kansas that, City. That's, that's still a topic, right? That's still a thing. Unfortunately, yes, just because of the fact, like I said, we've heard nothing, and people are going to still that, continue to what, talk about it. And that's why I'm asking: is is this even a topic? So. The, the Chiefs decided to trade and part ways with uh, safety Eric Murray. Uh, in return, they did trade him to the Browns for uh, defensive end Emmanuel Ogba. Um, I didn't know if it was Ogba or Ogba. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, friends of mine in the in the media say Ogba, so I'm just going to stick with that. But yeah. uh, the Chiefs did trade for him. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, 25, 26 years. He's 26 now, I believe. 
Uh, he's been, he got drafted in the same draft that Chris Jones did in 2016. He was actually the first pick mm. of the second round. Um, and this guy has had kind of an odd career. He's missed eight games. Uh, he's been very effective in certain areas, but hasn't been very effective in others. And I, I have a strong sense that the Browns gave up on him only because of the fact that I don't think they that he fits what they were trying to do going forward. And I don't think that he was the type that was willing to continue to buy into what they were trying to sell him. And I think that the change of scenery does people some good, or at least some people some good. Yeah. And I think Ogba is the type of guy that needed that. And, you know, it's crazy is that although I don't think that he has um, – he's coming in here to rival Chris Jones. I, I ran their numbers together uh, today, mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy because as I looked at their numbers, I'm, I'm assuming that Chris Jones has been the clear-cut better player. But as I said just a minute <laughs> ago, so yeah, now as I said a minute ago, Agba's been really good in certain areas. And the area that I really like that he's really good at is actually in pass defending, uh, pass defending. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he and Chris Jones were both in the 2016 draft. Agba has 17 <laughs> passes defended in his career. That's one more than Chris Jones, right. despite playing again in eight fewer games. Yeah, well, and he was a rotation player behind Olivia Vernon, too. Yeah. So right. I mean, so he had a he had to do uh, share time right. while also, like I said, missing eight games in only three seasons. That's impressive. Um, and then Chris Jones does lap him, however, uh, in sacks, 24 to 12 and a half. Yeah. But I think their styles complement mm-hmm. each other more than they rival each other. I don't think that their, their styles are going to pull away from each other. Um, and basically what I think – I'll be real with you guys because I'm going to read some, uh, some comments from guys that I trust. Uh, my guy Josh Webb on Twitter, uh, you can follow him at, at SHWEBB. Uh, two nine. I think it's Schweb twenty nine. Shout out. Yeah, definitely follow him on Twitter because this guy always drops knowledge. Uh, this is this is his thoughts on the Emmanuel Ogba uh, uh, signing and trade. Uh, in regards to how the Chiefs will presumably utilize Ogba and Okafor, in regards to the other signing Alex Okafor from the uh, formerly the, the Saints, in watching snaps highlights of Ogba, I can't help but notice that he almost exclusively rushes from the left end position. Mm-hmm. Alex Okafor almost exclusively rushes from the right end. My assumption of Dehe, the, the defensive end sharps will be left end speaks over Ogba and the right end Okafor over Passanio. And we can talk about Passanio if he's going to make this team or not. That's been a hot topic as well. Yeah. Um, uh, from, and then Ken Swanson, my good friend, uh, and he will actually be on the show in the next couple weeks. I'd like to talk about that as well from Arrowhead Pride. Um, he, he had his thoughts and he said, Why I love the Ogba trade. It's great process. The Chiefs acquired a young, long, dense edge with some upside that fits Spag's scheme. They gave up a likely to be cut player whose contract grew to two plus million due to snap count. This the the Chiefs saved six hundred plus thousand and addressed a need in doing so. So think about that for a second. Yeah, the Chiefs <clears throat> not only got a good player in return that's on a on his rookie deal still that you can extend him if you want or you can let him play out the remainder of his contract. It's totally up to you what the Chiefs want to do. So they have control of a good player that needed some change. Mm-hmm. You then give up a player you were going to cut anyway, and the Chiefs, I'm I'm assuming, were of the belief that they were going to end up cutting him. And I like to believe that John Dorsey was the one that initiated this conversation because Eric Murray was his guy. Right. So it's funny to me that – I'm going to just come out and say it. Brett Veach is in Veach season and in fleece season yep. because this guy is fleecing folks. Back-to-back <clears throat> off-seasons, he's fleeced a team. Last year with the Washington Redskins, what do he do? He got Kendall Fuller in a pick out of Alex Smith. 
who right. we knew that was not the quarterback of the future in the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's in his mid thirties. Yeah, the Redskins saw that he was uh, their quarterback of the future. But that's beside the point. <laughs> my point is the Chiefs got young talent, yeah. the number one graded slot corner in the NFL in his mid twenties, right? And a pick out of Alex Smith, who has had one great, one really good season in fourteen years. And then this season, you get uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Like I just stated, all the things he's done, how well he's played, he has more passes defended over the last three years than Chris freaking Jones. Mm-hmm. And you're now you're pairing up with him and Alex Okafor. Yeah. See, for me, and I'm gonna I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because I want to get what you guys think this trade tells you. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, this trade I, I thought about it and it, it came to me really quick. There was five things that this trade told me um, <clears throat> in regards to Emmanuel Ogba and the rest of this defense. One, the Chiefs are determined to have a run stopping front seven. They know that the best way to make it further in the playoffs, and by that I mean one step closer, just getting to the Super Bowl, is being able to field position, control control field position, and stop offenses from doing whatever they want. If they can set up the run game, yep. it's over. Right. And then, like I said, um, um, the Chiefs have, like, we've been good at getting sacks. Obviously, we led the league last year. But getting a sack on first and second down and then letting them convert a third and long every damn time doesn't change anything. Right. Obviously, it wasn't leading to wins. So us having these guys, this obviously fits Spag's system perfectly. Having you know big, burly, long arm, big handed guys that if they can't get to the quarterback, they're going to at least look at his eyes and see where he's going to throw the ball and bat that thing down. We got two of the best in the league, maybe the two best guys in the league on the same team now. Do it that do that right. So having them both in the same on the field at the same time with Chris Jones obviously being the better guy at getting to the quarterback, and then having to deal with that, and then the other guy. Being able to bat the ball down if he does get away from Chris Jones, you know, it's I, I love it, man. I love the mood, and then, then us getting him for Eric Murray for a guy that more than likely wasn't even going to make the roster, which is a super fleece if I ever seen one. So I love it, man. Veach is doing things, man. It's Veach season, and, and my yeah. second point is um, this sets a fire naturally, a blaze under the ass of one Breland Speaks. Hell yeah. Um, I I do I will defend Breland Speaks. He's having a good and, year and, this and year. Trevor, you've been more of a defender of his than mine than me. Um, he was unfairly placed in that defense last year. He is not an outside linebacker. He's not built for it. He's, he's a lot more sturdy. He's more for the, just on the outside of the actual interior. And I think he's going to fit this defense a lot better. I'm not saying he's going to yeah. be a great player, but I think with the new system in place and now with Ogba being in, in Kansas City, knowing he's got a lot to prove himself because he wants that extension. Right. Breland Speaks knows that his time could be limited if he doesn't go out there and perform. So I think it definitely sets that for, for Breland Speaks, which I think is super important for the Chiefs defense, especially in the front seven, because it's going to motivate two young guys that the Chiefs are putting a lot of faith into, especially Breland Speaks, because he was the their first overall pick. That was Brett Veach's first pick yeah. as the GM of the Chiefs, unquestioned GM I think he's going to lead the team in sacks. Bold statement. Man, yep. okay, well... Yep. <laughs> I think he's gonna have a good year, man. Like you said, he's gonna be motivated, and I think he—I think he's got a lot more upside than people realize. I, I mean, I know he's just been a bowl kind of guy, just to kind of meet meet the lineman in the chest kind of guy. But I think he's got some—he's got some some shovel moves where he can meet him on the shoulder and blast by him. I think we'll see, a, like you said, a very motivated young man this season, and I'm 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 happy. I'm I'm excited to see what he can become for the, sure. The only thing that pissed me off of him, uh, from him is uh. The uh, Tom Brady play, yeah. When uh, when he ran into the into the end zone, uh, the, like I said before, if he makes yeah, that play, we'd be looking it, at him yeah, totally different right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I think that's what a lot of Chiefs fans look at. They they'd be like, ah, oh, see, uh, with the what what he did with Tom Brady, you know, 
can't trust small the, sample can't, size. Yeah, man. I can't trust the guy to tackle. So the, the, he he has a lot. He has a lot to prove this season coming up. This season coming up, he he has to prove that he can be the man. He can be the guy that we can go to to make those clutch plays. He was, I, I, he, yeah, he was in his head too much in that play, anyways. Though, like yes. with with that that moment in the early part of last season, the, that with that rule being you know running rapid and calls being called left and right, he didn't want to be that guy being a young guy. So him being nervous and not wanting to be you know benched or. You know, because that was that's a red zone play. Exactly. You know, he didn't want to screw us and give them, you know, a whole new set of downs, even if they didn't convert. But yeah, it was even worse because he even, let even at the Brady end, run it, it in. It didn't even matter. Right. I think there was a holding play on that. Same. That's that's what I was going right. to tell you. There was a holding play, and also, if we remember, because that was week six of yes. the season, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. the first month of that season, the referees were unbelievably right. bad at Ask Clay Matthews or oh, uh, roughing the pass. Clay Matthews has got the worst of it, man. And that's what Breland Speaks even brought up. And that's the one. I mean, it I, makes sense, man. I hated that play in the moment. Like I was so pissed at him. Oh yeah, because you let a corpse run into the end zone. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, but the but the fact is, the play would have stood anyway because there was a, a flag right. on the defense. Oh, yeah, and two, and two, he was realizing, oh my god, like right. they are calling these penalties left and right. I don't want to get a penalty. It's Tom Brady. We yep. know that they're going to protect him at all costs. So that, that's that's why I, I'm not I, super mad at him about I that. I get it. Yep. I get it. Uh, I mean, but at the end of the day, you got to make those plays, even if you know it, it can put you at risk. Right. It, you know, you got to finish the play. Well, and, and my third point, uh, or my uh, what, what else this tells me? Number three is uh, Spags definitely has a type. Spagnolo, our defensive coordinator, definitely has a type. Oh yeah. If you're looking at these guys the Chiefs are signing, you're talking about guys that are over six foot four that are that are coming close to 300 pounds Gat solid fillers. muscle. Yes. Gat fillers. I love it, man. For me, it's like yeah. this. For me, it's like this. I loved that the Chiefs led the league or tied in the league uh, league lead for sacks mm-hmm. last year. But it didn't mean shit when it came down to the AFC Championship because yep. they didn't sack Brady one time. We gave up third yeah, downs. We gave up third downs right. every yeah. damn time. So, so, so what I'm saying is this. Although I do believe this, that the getting sacks is is absolutely important in the NFL. It's a it's a it's a crowd pleaser and it's a crowd silencer right. when you're on the road as opposed oh, to it home. shifts the momentum. Yes. Yeah. So sacks do have their place, but leading the league in sacks didn't do shit for the Chiefs when it mattered the most. So I'm okay if the Chiefs drop down a peg. And pass rushes as far as getting to the quarterback for sacks. But what I like about this style of defense now is I believe it's going to give the Chiefs more opportunities to disrupt the quarterback even more than they did last year, despite the fact that I think their sack totals will ultimately come down. Because the way I would love, a, I would I would rather a team lead the league in passes defended and and quarterback rushes than just sacks. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's just I don't know if our sacks numbers. I think they they could even go up, but in a different way. Not predominantly from the guys that we've seen. Like I've heard some guys on Six Ten talking about it too. How with this scheme, we're gonna be blitzing a lot, you know, because Spags likes to bring the house. He likes to bring you know a lot of pressure. Um, I, we can definitely see other guys contributing more. You know, Tyron Matthew sneaking in there and getting more sacks because we had no safety availability last season, so we could have got even more sacks with their safeties if we had good safety play last year. Um, but Tyron Matthew being a, a, actually a really good blitzing safety. We'll bring that into effect, and I think we can disperse the sacks throughout the other guys. You know, Agba coming in, and um, um, these other guys coming in, so they can you know four sacks here, three sacks here, two sacks there, five sacks here. You know, we can we can end up with more sacks, just more spread out. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I, I will say is, I wouldn't be I would be more shocked if the Chiefs were a top five team in sacks next year, only because of the fact that. The guys that they just got and replacing of Justin Houston and, and D Ford, yeah, 
aren't guys that have been known to get to the quarterback right. sack wise. But they have the upside. Sure, like, Ogba definitely has upside. Sure, he wasn't getting the the opportunity really. It, it, I, I think that honestly, like I said, I think the style is going to be let's make sure we're stopping the run and mm-hmm. disrupting the passes when the ball is being released, as opposed to let's make sure we get fifty plus sacks this right. year. And it's all to Chris Jones too. I mean, I think Chris Jones is obviously the the pillar of this defense that's going to you know create other opportunities for other guys because teams are going to now that we don't have to worry about the speed of D Ford off the edge and the versatility of Houston on the other edge. Now teams are going to zone in and, and really hone in and keep him from blasting up the middle. And I know I've seen us use him on the edge too. So we'll see how well, Spags uses I, him. I want to talk about Chris Jones in a second too. Cause yeah. there's, there's a big point I want to bring up about him. Uh, if we have time in this segment, uh, we're going to make time for them. Who am I kidding? Right. Um, but the, the fourth point I want to bring up is, and this might be the most important point of all of this. And it goes deeper than just Ogba. It goes deeper than Alex Okafor. It goes deeper than Tyron mm-hmm. Matthew. I don't, I mean, I don't even think I want to say I don't think. I know the Chiefs aren't done still. Oh, no. They're, there's still another trade that's going to be in the mix. We might be done with defensive end. They might be done with, they might be done with that position, obviously. Right. Yeah. And it might even cause them to change their mindset of what they're going to do in the draft. Because I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what they're going to do in this draft. I keep guessing, and every week it feels like I'm changing or I'm being, you know, pushed into a different direction. You know, for all I know, they're going to take a wide receiver. Right. I don't know. The yeah. point though is, I know one thing: Brett Veach is not done. I still fully expect that either Xavier Rhodes or Patrick Peterson is going to be on the Chiefs this season. I say that with confidence, only because, Man, I like hope. I told you guys in Bank last week, yeah, that there was, there is, there is serious, there are serious legs to that story about Patrick Peterson. I'm not going to give up on that unless I know. That isn't going to happen until that. I, I am being told the opposite of what I've already been told, and I know I'm no important person, but I know enough people that ha- are in the know that say that is something that the Chiefs are absolutely pursuing. It's just going to come down to does Patrick Peterson want to, you know, move himself out of Arizona because I know he is very happy there. It only makes sense too. I mean, us we need to get another stud veteran player on our defense, especially in the backfield. Um, you know, another veteran that can voice, you know, help lead guys. Um, but I mean, and then obviously we can take young studs that can grow offensively in the draft. Which I'm kind of it's funny because we were we were leaning before all defense all the way on the draft. And now it's like, man, if we take a receiver early or a tight end earlier, you know, or a tight end you know, in the second round or something, I might not might not be that mad. It'd be nice to kind of see some young guys grow with Mahomes and you know. But and I, right at this point, I feel like we're kind of like in the dark right? what's gonna happen and then something's gonna really surprise us. So I'm it's exciting, but mysterious at the same time, man. So I don't know. I, I definitely think we're done right now with defensive end. Even though I would love to see Frank Clark come over here. <laughs> that'd oh, that, be, that, that'd be great. That'd and be I, amazing. Yeah, man, I but, love what Binkley said about that too. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen though because I think that the Seahawks. It's a great. Fit. A lot like Jadavian Clowney, the Seahawks are looking at like, why would we? You know. I mean, they might not be able to financially keep him there. It might not be. I mean, we and we're going to talk about Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't give sure. you the breakdown, but we're definitely going to talk about Russell Wilson's contract situation yeah. in the next segment. But that that Frank Clark thing, I think the Seahawks aren't far away from contending. So I I, I think they'd be dumb yeah. if they didn't find a way to keep Frank Clark, let alone Russell Wilson. But uh, my guy Soli at Soli Football on Twitter actually had posted something last night that I engaged on. Um, he actually in the and I, I don't know if it was him that did this or somebody else that he agreed with said at number twenty nine uh, he has the Chiefs taking AJ Brown who is a wide receiver. Hmm. Um, I replied, hmm, wide receiver at twenty nine. Did I miss another Tyreek mishap story? I was being a smart ass and right. solely knows that, but no he replied with Robinson and Sammy are both going to be gone after this year. Plus Sammy insurance for when his foot falls apart week eight again. And I asked Man. him, uh, so are you wanting to build more for the future or in this draft? Or are you looking for 2019? He says, 
I think he helps in 2019 more than a center. The new hot mock does. Let's let's see what Reek and Sammy play this. Let's let let Sammy and Reek play the spot of the slot. Make Sammy expendable for cap pro, uh, purposes, and fills in when he inevitably gets hurt. Plus, the hot pick has been center or guard, which I believe I addressed with the better player in uh, El- El- Elton, who is the best IOL in yeah. the draft. So what what, Sam, what uh, Soli's saying in that is. Don't overlook the fact that the Chiefs might try to capitalize on offense, and that's made. And it would make sense too because with these moves they're making in the in the in free agency and trades, yeah, yeah, they're basically stockpiling their defense to where if they were to make a move like that, it would make more sense. Because imagine if the Chiefs didn't go get Alex Okafor or Tyron Matthew or or uh, uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Mm-hmm. Imagine they didn't do that, and then they drafted a wide receiver. We'd be like, oh, okay. okay. Okay, what the hell? Like, that's kind of stupid, you know, like yeah. in a way. Like, we could go, we could be along with it, but it wouldn't make sense for us in the moment. All right. So, I think these types of trades are showing us, these signings are showing us that the Chiefs are keeping their options open as far as what they're going to do with that first pick. And the main reason I want to go get an elite corner like Peterson is because if we get a guy like that and we have this depth already at defensive end, that gives Veach the ability to either. That gives him all the leverage in the draft because he can, if he wants to trade up, shoot. If we see a guy that 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 fell and we want and he's high on our draft board, he has the he has the. I mean, I think he can trade up either way, but this way we can take the best player available at any position. You know, whoever falls, if it's a, g- a really good tight end, high end tight end, or if it's a really good linebacker, who knows? You know, we need linebackers too. You know, we don't know how this linebacker core is going to shape up. So, I think it. it this is just nice kind of knowing that we we feel pretty good about this defensive in depth. And now if we get a corner, we're going to the, we go into this draft with a clean slate and just take wh- whoever the best guy is. I like that, man. And my fifth and final point uh, when it comes to this Emmanuel Ogba uh, trade, what it tells me is this. Hashtag fleeced by Veach is a real thing. Hell yeah, man. And I, I already said <laughs> it, I know, but I, I have to reemphasize that. Guys, I, I think that, and I don't want to speak too quickly because I have been critical on Veach on a couple things because I think the jury's still out on his first initial draft, uh, bearing in mind that they gave up a first round a first a first round pick to get Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in the draft before that. But I wasn't impressed by his picks last season. They you know obviously, like I said, that we were still going to give them the opportunity to prove themselves and Veach to show what he's capable of doing, what his eye is for for draft talent. But if you look at the way he's doing things. It's something we've never seen in Kansas City before, where we have a general manager that's not afraid to make the unpopular move. We've never had that. And I mean in a positive sense, because I think Carl yeah, yeah. Peterson a lot of times made the unpopular move for the and, and it, it didn't go well, is what I'm saying. Because he he refused to draft and develop a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And fans were getting pissed about that. Now we have a guy like Brett Veach that says, look. We got the best quarterback in football in his early 20s on a rookie deal. It's the best market value a quarterback has in the league right now, a player has in the league right now. We're going to have to pay this guy inevitably. Mm. So let's just stockpile this team. And he's aggressive as hell. And I love what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing from Veach. Do I, do I, did I like the way John Dorsey evaluated talent? Yes. And in fact, I think John Dorsey's probably better at evaluating talent to this point in his career than Brett Veach. Having said that, I think Brett Veach has a better camaraderie with the people around him, like Andy Reid, who I think is really running the show for being honest here. Yeah, yeah. But Brett Veach gives what he can give. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's true. I think he plays his part in Kansas City better than what John Dorsey did because I think John Dorsey wanted to be the man. There's nothing wrong with that. He is the man in Cleveland. There's no question about that, for Christ's sake. Most people can't even name who their coach is. 
we know John Dorsey's the man in Cleveland. Yeah. He wasn't the man in Kansas City. He wasn't even close to being the man in Kansas City. So Brett Veach knows his place, but I'm still going to give him his credit for what his credit is due. It's Veach season, baby. Yep. And that's the fifth and final point I wanted to bring up to that. If you guys have any other thoughts on this, go ahead. But my point is this. Emmanuel Ogba is the hell is a hell of an addition for the Chiefs. Yep. He may not be an, a prolific all-pro type of player, but this is the kind of thing that we need to see the Kansas City Chiefs do on the defensive side. Because like I said earlier, they, they led the league in sacks, and they were 31st in defense. Yeah. You got to change things. You got to change the mentality. You got to change the scheme and you got to bring fresh blood into this environment. If you can do that, like they've been doing, I I believe only good things will come of it. I'm not saying this is going to be an elite defense because I don't think they will be, but could they be a championship caliber defense? Fuck. Yes, they could be. I absolutely believe. Well, yeah. And I mean, it, dude, this only is good for our defense, bringing in young guys, not only young guys, but guys that are coming from other places that felt that they were, demoted in a way that they feel like they need to come in and you know they, they see some new blood that they need to prove themselves against and and you know and get a starting spot having competition between you know this this significant as a, of a position and defensive end is huge man having guys fighting to be the guy that's out there in the first few snaps you know and um and Ogba too man I think I've heard Bink even talk about it on 610 um talking about how much he improved the run defense of the uh the Browns when he was on the field compared to when he was off so, I mean, he, the guy's a difference maker, and he's barely 20, just turned 25. He's got a ton of upside. I mean, I'll gladly bring in guys like that for free, pretty much. So, yes, sir. Yes, yep. sir. Well, that's our thoughts on that topic, guys. When we get back, uh, we're going to get into the Russell Wilson contract situation. And and I know some of you Chiefs fans, Chiefs fans might be wondering why that is important to us. I'll give you a little bit of insight on that because we do have a quarterback that's going to have his own contract situation coming up very shortly. We'll get to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Casey Hard Goods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood burned art and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hard Goods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yet again on the Spoken Podcast, I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And Trevor Twidwell. Hi. We are here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios giving you guys what we like to call it quality uh, sports topics and conversation, but yes. that's up for you to decide. Well, um, should I bring my bring that uh, my phone is uh, in like a suicide watch? Or? Is it? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it resurrected, but nope, still dead. Nah, it's still. Still in purgatory? If, if somebody can... If somebody could show, know. if someone could show Eddie how to properly use his devices, that'd be great. Because for some damn reason, he thought he could try to back his phone up today and wipe his shit clean. So, uh, congrats, to Eddie, on that. He might get my L tonight. But thank you, thank you. I, I was actually thinking about giving it to myself. Well, then maybe I'll just give you the honors. See, the funny thing is, I'm on call for for a job. <laughs> so, not anymore, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you have an emergency contact. <laughs> Let's hope nobody breaks a femur tonight, huh? Hey, you did say you would bring up uh, Jeff's name up. Uh, in this, yeah, congratulations so. to Jeff Breedlove. You uh, you made it on the show. So tonight, guys, um, we, we, we I want to talk about something that has really nothing to do with Kansas City in, in, in most regards, but I, I think it could actually have something to do with the with the Chiefs uh, quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And what I mean by is uh, April 15th has been a deadline given by one Russell Russell Wilson to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, 
Russell Wilson has been, let's be honest, a class act. This guy has had no controversy, no real controversies at all. Uh, a family man, had married the musician, artist, uh, Sierra. Uh, I believe they've had a child together. Or maybe it was, might have, she might have already had the child, but he bra- basically embraced it as his own. And he's been very supportive, an incredible football player. I mean, this dude is easily a top, I would say, six, seven quarterback in the league. There's no question it's about it. one of the it. few guys that has a similar skill set to Pat. Pat yes, and, yeah. and the best part about it is, although he is undersized, he has never missed a game in his career. Yeah, and he's, he was dealing with injuries uh, about was it two seasons ago? He last season, back injury. Injured. Yeah, he's had. Yeah, he's had knees, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's, wore, they, he's wore some braces. They limited to him uh, not running the ball at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I, I, I think it was three that. years ago he led the league in rushing from quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, and I think is, that year after that he couldn't. They they wouldn't let him run. Strong suit for sure. Let him run. Well, as you get older and as you're, you know, like I said, I think he's what, 5'11". You know, he's not a big quarterback by any means. Your body's going to probably break down faster than the bigger guys. And so um, there is some concern. And I understand if the Seahawks are are taking their time with this. Uh, as far as, you know, the contract extension, the market value, I looked it up. Uh, from what SpotTrack.com is saying, his market, Russell Wilson's market value right now is five years, $160.6 million dollars. Uh, an average salary of $32.1 million, which would put him in the NFL ranks of NFL and quarterback rank as number two in the NFL. Now, okay, you look at that and you think that's a lot of money. But then you look at guys like Dak Prescott, mm. <laughs> who actually is projected to have the actually more money in totality than a Russell Wilson would in his contract. That's now, that's ridiculous. Now, Dak is what, five years younger, four or five years younger. Right, so I but, get the whole age aspect of it. But Dak Prescott is literally the poor man's version of Russell Wilson. I think he's a poor man's version of Alex Smith. That's fair. And yeah. Alex Smith they're is almost a, the exact same and Alex person. Smith and Russell Wilson have a similar style right. of game. Now, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson obviously has a lot more to Russell, his game. Yeah, he's yeah. mobile quarterbacks is what I'm but saying. But Dak Prescott was the best thing that ever happened to Tom, Tony Romo. <laughs> I don't know where the hell you're going with that one. That's actually the opposite of what he was because he took his job. But no, now he's a broadcaster. Right. Look at him where he's got. Oh, I, I, bet if, I bet if you, I bet if you got Tony Romo, I know, I know what you're saying. If we had, I know, but if I bet we had Tony Romo sitting here on on our on our guest seat right now, the Modern Man Supply coming to yeah. guest seat, I would be willing to bet some good money. I, he would rather be playing football. Than I would talking. not. I would not the be. Cowboys here. would be in a better position for sure. <laughs> I, I would not be here. My point. In, my point in bringing this up is, yeah. I think it's common sense. The the Seahawks have to pay. Russell Wilson. Yes. For multiple reasons. The, oh. the biggest one is you don't let 30-year-old quarterbacks that are top easily top 10 in the league walk. Right. You can't let that happen. Well, at it, worst it, you let them if, at worst you trade them. Right. My question though is this. Yeah. Where are you trading him? Because <laughs> everyone says well the Giants. I don't know if anybody's been missing this cuz Trevor just handed an L to them a couple weeks ago. Uh, Dave Gettleman's still their GM, right? So until Gettleman actually is non no longer a part of their organization, or at least at the capacity that he is right now, I don't believe they're going to make good decisions. And what I mean by that is they're making a lot of bad decisions. And what I mean by that is they're sticking with thirty eight year old Eli Manning who can't throw the football anymore, mm-hmm. and they just gave up his best and really only tr- only true weapon as far as a receiver was concerned. So why in the hell? Would the Giants and Seahawks find a way to make that happen? If I'm the Seahawks, and this is the second reason. The Seahawks are not far from contending for a championship. The reason why I say that, they just made the playoffs with half their roster. Yeah. yeah and I mean, Doug Baldwin was banged up. Lockett was banged up. And, and everybody said it was rebuild year for the Seahawks. And they still made the playoffs. Exactly. So why in the world wouldn't – and here's the other thing. Tyler Lockett had a hell of a year. Pete Carroll is, what, 67 years old. 
We yeah. don't know much longer Pete Carroll's going to coach. So why would Pete Carroll sign off on trading his franchise quarterback when he's just entering his prime? Because I don't know if you guys noticed, but a lot of quarterbacks in today's NFL, when they hit their 30s, they're still playing at peak peak levels. Most right. of them the great ones. Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. So why would you give him up in the prime of his career when he's got six, seven years left of good football? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. So there's really only one, op- one option here. It's to sign him to this contract he's expect he's expecting to or he's anticipating to sign. My only question to you guys though is since he set the he set the mark April 15th. If that doesn't happen, what do you guys think is going to happen with their relationship? What what I've read about uh the April 15th uh deadline or whatever he gave is uh, that uh once that day passes, he is not signing anything with the with the Seahawks. Yeah. And I believe him. I believe and, him too. He I never says him. stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I I've heard reports of him saying that he's not going to sign anything after April 15th. Now, he might sign a a, a franchise tag, but uh, that would be for, uh, for – so the Seahawks can trade him. Right, you know? right. Right, so another team can match. Uh, yeah, yes. Yep. But I just don't – I don't see the Seahawks not giving him an, uh, a contract extension. They have to. It, it's a must yeah. for the Seahawks if they want to win. It would make absolutely no sense for them to let let that kind of guy a championship winning Super Bowl caliber any any year the guy has a chance to make the Super Bowl. You don't let people like that walk. This is a quarterback driven league. He's a top five quarterback in this league. You don't let guys like that walk out. Um, you give him all the money he wants, and he deserves every bit of it. Um, and it's not like yeah, we just talked about him having you know him and them limiting limiting his his running abilities and not you know wanting to put a cap on that. It's not like the guy's not a good, a great pocket passer either. The dude might be the best at dropping dimes, long balls, even better than Mahomes is dropping the, those deep balls from the pocket. I mean, he makes some of the most incredible, you know, the hierarching drop in the bucket type of passes. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. They've got to figure out a way. They should already have this done. Um, but if they let him walk, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's going to be extremely laughable to me. I, I don't even understand that. How yeah, that even? I, I just wonder, like, if, there, if there's any like um, any motive behind what this. Yeah. Maybe the Seahawks are trying to find out if there there are like suitors out there that are willing to give up multiple yeah. draft picks. Yeah, exactly. What like what's the logic? Yeah, you just it? don't you know, like. But if they were terrible, I would get that. Exactly. It would make sense if Carol of Pete Carroll was in his fifties. I get it. Because it would make sense time. if he was like some elite running back. Because we've seen running backs and wide receivers be extremely expendable, especially these last couple seasons, we've seen right. that. Is this just this off season? Right. Um, but quarterbacks like that, you don't you don't move. Right. Those are lifer. Those are, yeah, those are lifer like kind of guys. You know, it's understandable if he's like 35, 36, You know, like Montana like, was like when Peyton he Manning. or Peyton Manning. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, they become a journeyman exactly. almost towards the end where they go and they they go to a, a loaded roster. You know, like Montana definitely um, and guys like that. But like like he's not even there. This guy is still elite. Still a tie in my mind. Still a top five quarterback in this league. Extremely talented. He brought this the city of Seattle a freaking Super Bowl. You know, so I mean, at almost two Super Bowls. Right, talk about should have been playing, yeah. right. Absolutely, which was on him just as much as anybody. So, but yeah, I mean, you don't let guys like you don't let talent like that walk at the most important position of the game. Uh, it makes no sense, and it's a no brainer for me. This deal should already be done. I don't understand what's yeah, taking so yeah, long. I don't know what's taking forever. Yeah, this is this is where I want to tie it all together in Kansas City because it really isn't one, but this mm-hmm. is something I've been thinking about all day. Just last year, if you'd ask Seahawks fans, do you think there's any opportunity that there could even be controversy 
between the Seahawks and, and Russell Wilson as far as a contract dispute. I guarantee you those people up there would say hell no. Well, ask, go ask one of the Seattle fans and name me a more important Seattle Seahawk player ever. And it'll be Russell Wilson. Uh, he's yes, the most. He's the, he's the best Seahawks player that's ever been on this on I, I 100% franchise. Agree. And so to, to that point, they've had some good players. To that point, yeah. If you ask me as a Chiefs fan right now, do you think there's ever there's any chance that there's a that there's a contract <laughs> you know dispute between the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? Because right. if you look at Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, they are very much alike. Yeah. As far as the way they conduct themselves on and off the field. Oh yeah, and had that baseball, they had that baseball flick to their throat. That too, yep. exactly. There's right. a lot of they're both similar players a for sure. A lot of similarities to these guys. Different sides. A lot of people but, doubted yeah. Russell Wilson. He did fall further in the draft. He was a third round pick, as opposed to Patrick being a top ten pick. But even with him being a top ten pick, I got about sixty nine tweets I could show you right now that show people that were of high regard and, and opinion that were saying that they thought he was a project at best. Mm-hmm. So Patty doing what he's done already is shocked a lot which of was, Which was honestly fair coming out of the draft, but just, well, from, just well, from him playing. Yeah, you know, my or, point is this, is that there's a lot of similarities between these two. Yeah. And of course, right now, as, as Chiefs fans, you know we're living, you know, cloud nine because we have the best quarterback in football. We, you know, we're only he's only making a little over two hundred mil, two million right now. And he's about to make a ton of money, but right now yeah. we're living in it because they can just stockpile players. They got a ton of picks in the draft. There's a lot of opportunity here, so we're excited. Just like the Seahawks fans were a couple years ago when they were winning Super Bowls, or at least going to the Super Hell Bowl. Yeah, you know, back to back years. Right. So we're kind of where the Seahawks were a few years ago, and my question is, do you guys? As early as it is in, in, in the Patrick Mahomes era, do you could you see something like this happen? With Patrick Mahomes? Uh, with Patrick I, Mahomes, just I, like it is right now with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. With, with, I, hope, yeah. I hope not. I, I mean, I hope not. But if if money is something that Patrick Mahomes really wants, instead of like winning championships, if, if you want to say, then I can see that. But I don't see Patrick Mahomes demanding money and saying, I'm not going to sign this shit unless you give me the money I'd I, I want to me, it has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes it has everything to do with Brett Veach and Brett Veach has already came out. And before he, he even played a snap in the NFL, he said, Patrick Mahomes is the best football player I've ever seen. You had your GM saying that about you. There's, I don't even care if we win a Super Bowl in the next two years, just having the future being as bright as it looks right now, having this guy on our team, having our, 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 our GM and coach just come, come just blushing and gushing over this guy. You know, and, and still having, I mean, still having so much more to learn about this guy. What else he can do? What, what else he can grow into? Developing better footwork and becoming a better pocket quarterback. You know, just the yeah. There's no way in hell I see Veach as long as Veach is here and as long as Andy Reid's here and this this crew. I I don't. There's no way in, in hell I see. And I'm I'm, I'm with you guys. I, yeah. I I fully expect the Chiefs are going to take care of Patty when that time comes. But now that this is happening with Russell Wilson, I'm I'm a paranoid person. Like I am so I'm not. It's a copycat worried. league. That's why I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. worried. But I'm like sitting here thinking, it Russell. You just said it, Trevor. Yeah. Russell Wilson is the greatest, most valuable player the Seahawks have ever had in a franchise, fr- in a franchise history. history. Right. Absolutely. Yet we're having this discussion, and we don't right. know for certain what they're going to do because we think it's common sense they're going to extend extend him, and they probably will. But there is that that's still that just the fact that he's set a deadline on them. He's been a guy who's played bowl literally and figuratively with the Seahawks this entire time for him to say to him to set a date on them. That basically tells you they're not in agreement right now. So 
yeah. for me, it's like Patrick Mahomes is all class. The Chiefs love him. Like 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 Bink said uh, on the show last week, he is second in the tier right now as far as authoritative figure in Kansas City at Arrowhead Drive. Mm-hmm. One Arrowhead Drive, it's Clark Hunt. Yep. And then it's Patrick Mahomes Absolutely. over Andy Reid. Okay, I don't care what anybody tells me. But even with that being the fact, even as that being the truth, I think us Chiefs fans need to prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally for what could come in, in a situation similar to this. Next That's why I'm bringing up this entire thing. Yeah. Because next, go ahead, go ahead, Eddie. I'm just saying next year is going to be a, a decisive year for the Chiefs. It's it's either extend Mahomes to this huge contract or just keep us waiting and see what's going to happen. Yeah. Now I, I don't expect. Look, I don't mm. expect the Chiefs are yeah. going to let obviously Patrick Mahomes go. That's not what I'm trying to say. My point is, I know how Chiefs fans are because I am one. We are very sensitive. We are very paranoid. And if anything, like even the remote, even something remotely close to this Russell Wilson story came out, that would be literally every segment on every show in Kansas City until it got resolved. If it does happen and he does get moved, that's going to be an anomaly, though. Talking about Russell Wilson. Yes, if Russell Wilson gets moved, it's going to be as of right now. It would be an anomaly. Uh, It could become a trend for other teams to follow suit. I doubt it. But to me, it would just be an anomaly, and I, I would it would it would represent that there's more of a beef between him and the franchise itself, them as an organization. Obviously, obviously, if to me it seems like he got some word that they were going to give him a deal or not a deal or a deal he didn't like, and he fed it to his agent, his agent didn't like it, then they put out this news. That's what it looks like, um, and he put the, he put the ball on there, you know, in the organization's court to make a move now and put pressure on them. Obviously, that's what it looks like. Um, but if this happens, it's going to be an anomaly because we never see. Prime quarterbacks in their in, in this stage of their career who've already won a championship get moved. Yeah, it just doesn't happen unless they're older. That's but I mean you don't see guys this young, barely going into their thirties, this great of a player get moved. It just doesn't happen. And like I said, if it does happen, it's just going to be one of those especially guys exceptions. Especially guys again has never missed a game in his career. Right, right. Durable availability, as hell. yeah, durability and availability is ninety percent of the battle. Right. But see, this is another part where it can correlate with Patrick Holmes. And I'm not trying to create something here. I'm just saying, get, stop let's, it, dude. Let's get prepared if this if this could be something that happens in Kansas City. Okay. I think another part of why Russell Wilson might be frustrated with the Seahawks and why he's putting this deadline on them is think about it. Maybe he wants out. Or okay, yes, yeah, the whole Ooh, C, that, the whole Sierra that's thing. A possibility. Yeah, that, too. I'm going to touch on that for a second. I mean, yeah. he she wants to live in New York, right? And, and that's obviously the opposite way of, of she's where they're at. Been so clear about that too. And yeah. that's where the speculation of the Giants come in. So I respect it. Obviously, the Jets aren't doing because they have Sam Darnold, right? But my point is, I think that that could be a, a thing. But again, I'm going to bring it back to Gettleman. Gettleman is is hell bent on keeping Eli Manning as his quarterback. So there's no way in hell Russell Wilson's going to sit behind Eli Manning. So so forget about the Giants, yeah, okay? Forget yeah. about that whole thing. I think they're just going to have to figure out a way to work through that with in their marriage, okay? And I mean, we're not going to speculate on their marriage. I mean, unless uh, Russell Wilson caught wind that they're not keeping Eli after this season, and the, that's what I'm saying. Gonna, I have yeah. to I have to see the Giants gonna, say that to believe it. Because, I know, but I mean, <sighs> unless he caught wind, of I don't know something. why he would want to go over there in the first place, though. To begin, that's a dumpster fire right now. They're, that roster is not good. And the point I'm bringing both sides. The point I'm bringing up all this is I, I look at what's happened in Seattle. They just made the playoffs. You know that's true. Okay, all that aside, on the back of but, him. But think about this: Russell Wilson has seen Richard Sherman, mm. uh, uh, Cam Chancellor, Bennett. Bennett, yeah, yeah, Michael Bennett, Earl yeah. and Earl Thomas. Big yeah, all the, whole, the whole legion's gone, man. The Seahawks didn't pay any of those guys. Right. And some of them even went to division rivals, like Richard Sherman in the 49ers. Yeah. The shell, Michael Bennett the went to the Patriots. Yeah. Those guys were key pieces 
to them getting to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. Russell Wilson, as crazy as this sounds, he wasn't the best player on their offense in those years. It was Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch was ridiculous. He yeah. was their best player on all. Russell Wilson wasn't even the best player on their offense. He was still time. developing, yeah, for sure. So, so Russell Wilson saw the value of these guys because it was the Legion of Boom and Marshawn oh, Lynch that defense was that made what them what they were. And Russell Wilson was crazy. a great game manager at that yeah. time. Now, Russell Wilson has obviously become a better player. He's elite, but some Absolutely. of it was some of it. He was kind of forced into it, and mm-hmm. it's fine. My point is, he's saying, look. You chose not to pay Cam Chancellor. You chose not to pay uh, Richard Sherman. You chose not to pay Earl, Earl Thomas. You chose not to pay Michael Bennett. You better pay me. Because while all those other guys were gone, I stayed. I played my game, and I got better. I was an MVP candidate. I have never missed a game. You pay me what I'm worth. Yeah. That, that could be the same principle that Patty Mahomes could use if the Chiefs don't extend Chris Jones, if they don't extend Tyreek Hill, if they somehow debacle a future contract with Travis Kelsey. This is all speculation. I'm again putting this out there for Chiefs fans in the for the future. Be prepared for controversy because we've never had a superstar quarterback in Kansas City. Just like the Seahawks have never had a superstar quarterback in their city. And I guarantee, I don't want to speak for them, but I guarantee right now there's a lot of turmoil and a lot of anxiety between those fans because they don't know what's about to happen. So be prepared for that if that does happen in Kansas City. Yeah, that's why I'm hoping this is an, an anomaly rather than a trend. Because if this becomes a trend, then you're going to start seeing this a lot more. Like we've never really seen most quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks get locked up and there's not even any chatter about it. It just is what it is. You you pay your most important player on your team. And it's just it's just wild seeing, especially Russell Wilson, such a conserved guy, a conservative guy, you know, to himself, introverted more than anything, kind of guy, you know, come out and put that out. There had to have been something motivating him to do that. So who knows which side is which on, you know, who's pushing the you know the um, the drama. I'm not sure, but well, and and to stay in the NFC uh, West, mm. there's been a lot of change with the Arizona Cardinals. I've talked about. You know, I would love to see the Chiefs go get at, yeah. You know, Patrick Peterson. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of shifting. They obviously fired Steve Wilkes, brought in Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, the general consensus now, and I will give myself a little credit. I was kind of ahead of the curve. I did say a long time ago that they were going to trade. Josh Rosen and go and draft Kyler Murray. I'm still 100%. I gave Josh Rosen the L. I'm sticking with that. That doesn't happen. I might have to get a tattoo of an L on me. But the new reports from Ian Rappaport this week have been that the Cardinals are fully prepared to keep Josh Rosen and still draft Kyler Murray. Yep. Now, for me, I laughed when I first heard that because a lot of people, oh, damn, they might actually do that. If anyone actually believes that's what they're going to do, you're out of your mind or you're not paying attention. You don't know sports. You don't know tactics. <laughs> the, the, the Cardinals are using this as trade bait. They have, ba- to, they have to. Because you know there are teams lining up for Josh Rosen. Right, yeah. They're lining up for a 23-year-old quarterback on a rookie deal is making $800,000 for the next three years yeah. by year. Okay? So you have the Chargers. You have the Patriots. Just to name a couple. Those are teams I fully expect will be trying to trade for Josh Rosen. And those are contenders that want to contain, have a contingency plan for Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady, who are both old quarterbacks. Yeah. So the Cardinals are, I, I guarantee this is what's happened. And I don't know any sources. I don't need, but this, if, if I'm going to be put myself in the room, this is what I believe happened. The Cardinals put him on the table. These teams try to lowball them. They basically told those teams to go fuck themselves. Mm. And then they, they leaked a report stating, Hey, we'll just keep him, and we're still going to draft Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's cheap. So now we get two quarterbacks that we really like, and you don't get either one of them. So we got the first pick. We got our guy, and we're going to keep Josh Rosen because we're not losing any money either because we're only paying him $800,000. 
And those teams are going to go, well, shit, maybe we should take them a little bit more seriously. And those teams are going to give up valuable assets, yep. which is what's going to happen. Yeah. So for any of you that think that they're actually, that Josh Rosen is going to be on this roster next season, you're out of your mind. They're going to draft Kyler Murray. He's going to be their quarterback. They're going to probably go sign a veteran to be his backup. And they're going to move forward with him. Josh Rosen's probably going to be in New England or, or, the, or Los Angeles. I don't know, man. I heard Peter King, who I think is the most reliable source probably in football, one of the few. He said that the Redskins are his front runner for him. For I heard that as well. Yeah, and I think that's that actually makes way too much sense. You know, they have. I mean, I know they just got um, um, what's Case, it, Case, Case Keenum. Keenum, but I can see Rosen. I, I can see Rosen come over there and making a you know, little quarterback controversy. They're both similar players. Um, obviously, I think Keenum's a little better at this point, so but they just lost money with Alex Smith, right? So, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. And if Peter King's coming out and you know, in public and, and making that as a them being the front runner, I, there's definitely got to be some validity to it. So they're definitely a team I think to look out for as well. As, as, and then obviously the the Giants, the Giants make probably the most sense because he would just feed fuel to the dumpster fire that's already over there. So it'd be a you know match know, made in heaven. Miami could be a quiet one where nobody is expecting Miami to do anything. I, I'm I'm fully expecting Miami is a tank mode to get to a yep. out of out of Alabama. That's going to be in another year. They're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna try their best to get the number one overall pick and they're gonna draft him after the next season. I but I don't think teams are sold on Rosen. He didn't. She hasn't shown well, anything yet. I, I do. I do believe there's teams that really like him because, like I said, the the, the fact he's 23. Yeah, and no, he's only yeah. making eight hundred thousand dollars. He definitely has year. upside, and we, he had a terrible offense, one of the worst, maybe the worst offensive line last yes, year. Yes, he did have the worst. And so it was to your, horrible. To your point about Washington and, and what Peter King said, yeah, uh, they have four picks in the top 100. They have the 15th overall. Uh, they have the 46th, the 76th, and the 96th. If if I'm the, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm I'm telling Washington, you're giving me three of those picks. Whew. God, you ain't, ain't going to get that. Look, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. The Cardinals I, I, know. The Cardinals know they have all the leverage. Yeah. So they're going to say, I'm asking for all of this, and you're going right. to end up giving me just a little bit less than that. I was gonna say, do you really think teams are gonna overpay for Josh Rosen? Well, let me ask you a question. Who, who has improved anything? He got drafted yet? high enough. Let I me mean, ask you a question. Look uh, at the Chargers right now. Okay. Yes. You could make an argument they could go other other areas, but if common sense is telling you anything, they could probably go quarterback in the first round. It would make a lot of sense because Philip Rivers will be 38 next season. Okay. Well, so they, instead of drafting, instead of drafting a player, you can get a guy that you have a little bit more comfortability with than Josh Rosen, who's already played a year in the league. That's played a little. He hasn't. Played, he didn't play great. But like Trevor just said, he had nothing really around him at all. Yeah, it was horrible. So you can do that. Or, or the, look at the Patriots. They're gonna have a quarterback who'll be forty-two next season. You already saw him breaking down. Patriots would uh, that would be a great move. And, and they have what twelve picks. Yeah, they can give the Cardinals whatever they want. That's okay? true. That and then, and then to that your would point be about, so Patriots to you, too. Yes. And watch him become great. And to your point about Washington. <laughs> I to swear. your point about Washington. Yeah. They're probably going to be drafting a pick because a quarterback in the fifteenth overall pick. If there's a guy available still, like you know Drew Lock, guy a guy like that, uh, you know uh, uh, Haskins. If those yeah. guys are still available, uh, Drew Lock, I think Drew Lock's a stud because man. Jay Gruden knows this is desperation mode for him. They just locked up Alex Smith to a contract. He's probably never going to play another down in his career, but he still owed over thirty million in guaranteed money. Yep. They had to act out of desperation and go get Case Keenum. You know, there, there's a lot of carbon copy. There's no, there's no franchise future quarterback there. Yeah. So if you can go get a Josh Rosen, you're giving yourself a better opportunity, convincing the brass above you, hey, look, I can mold this young quarterback. 
I had to deal with Alex Smith's injury. That was a blow to my career. I have never had a franchise quarterback here as long as I've been here. Let me get this kid. Let me mold him. So yeah. the picks will be flying for the Cardinals, and it's genius for them because they use that number one overall pick uh, for their franchise quarterback. They believe will be the franchise quarterback, and then they stockpile picks on their previous investment, which was the ninth or uh, the tenth overall pick last year mm-hmm. in Josh Rosen. It's genius. It's unprecedented. But like I said in that show when I handed out the L to Josh Rosen, this has been unorthodox the entire time. They went and hired a college coach in Cliff Kingsbury that had a losing record. Yeah. So that's unorthodox to fire Steve Wilkes after one year. Why stop with the unorthodox stuff? Go and draft your guy. Burn back, it all down. Go draft a quarterback in back-to-back years in the first round. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I called I called Rosen being a bust coming in, but I'd be damned if I, if I said he didn't have any kind of upside. If he fell into the right system, he could do well. Um, and I definitely would – I could definitely – with the, the dramatics – that we've seen in this league so far, I definitely see some team reaching on them and 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 you know, selling up to go get them. So I mean, it it's gonna happen. Like you said, they're not gonna keep both of them. So I fully expect somebody to go get them. I don't know if they're gonna get three picks, but I can definitely see two picks. Um, oh, they're not getting three picks. That was my point. Right. You set the bar high so yeah. you can work down okay, and get what yeah. you really want. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I just. It's, yeah, he's gonna get moved somewhere, and I think I think Washington would actually be a good fix. I think they're a decently well coached team. They have some decent weapons over there, but they're they're all pretty young as well too. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? San Diego or San Diego, L.A. Chargers, I thought would be the best spot for him, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I think New England would be the best spot. for Well, him. I'm just really hoping that it happens in fantasy they, land. Yeah, for yes. him for sure. Well, when we get back, guys, we're actually gonna go right back to your favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a a debate that I feel like I'm I'm kind of creating right now, and it comes down to the mindset of what the Chiefs are gonna what mindset they're under for the remainder mindset. of this offseason. So let's 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 uh talk a little bit about what the Chiefs are gonna do. Are they all in for 2019? Or are they building for the future after 2019? We'll get to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands, a resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the mid-coast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a counter-cultural appeal. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Back at it again for segment three. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Eddie Ortiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Twidwell. What up? Recording here in Casey in the Casey Beard Co. Studios. There is unfortunately nobody here in the Modern Man Supply Company guest seat tonight. We just thought we'd hang out with you guys for a little bit. Talk a little sports. And we just got done talking a little bit about a little bit outside of the region when it comes to uh, the Seattle Seahawks, the Russell Wilson contract, uh, the Kyler Murray slash Josh Rosen situation in Arizona. Now we're coming back home, and we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we've already touched, obviously, on the moves they've made to this point with the offseason. Uh, Tyron Matthew, Alex Okafor, uh, Carlos Hyde, Damian Wilson, Sammy Coates, uh, and obviously Emmanuel uh, Ogba, uh, just to name a few. Uh, the Chiefs have been very active this offseason. They've made, some, I think, some incredible moves, uh, letting go of D4, Justin Houston, Eric Berry. Bringing in this new generation, bringing in the new blood of the defense on, in particular, and letting the offense continue to run uh, wild like I fully expect them to do for years to come under the guidance of one Patrick Mahomes. So wild. So here we are, though, guys. And it's I think it's an assumption 
for most Chiefs fans because of what happened in 2018. I think they obviously surpassed everyone's expectations in Kansas City as far as what they were able to accomplish. And and yet, ironically, even though they didn't they they accomplished so much and more than what even we expected as the quote unquote homers of the Mahomes era, we still were left feeling incomplete. And we were there together in the game and freezing our our nuts off. Sure. Um, could not feel my collectively. <laughs> could not feel my feet, man. That it was game. yeah. It was I didn't even not have feet that, yeah. after that game. It was yeah. unbelievably it was unbelievably tough. Um, and I, I left that game heartbroken, man. And at the same time, motivated because I, I felt like, man, if we can do that in 2018 when Patty is not even at his best, and I think this team isn't at its best, and they're going to only get better. Uh, there was a sense of hope, but it was very disappointing. But here we are now, guys, building for 2019. And I don't really know what I think the Chiefs are going to do for the rest of this offseason because I think there are moves that could be made that will will shift the paradigm a little bit as far as what their intentions are. If you look at the the players they've they've accumulated so far, you want to think, oh, they're clearly trying to build for 2019. But then I think, what if – because if you look at these, these contracts they're giving out, these guys are either on rookie deals, which means they can get out of them in no time, or they can extend them. And then you have Tyron Matthew, the the the, the biggest piece of, of the entire offseason. He's on a three-year deal. That's not a long-term deal. Right. That's almost a prove-it deal, in essence. So there's also that side of it that you could say, man, are, are the Chiefs trying to build for 2020, 2021, and 2022? Because you also are going to factor in Patty Mahomes' contract that's inevitable that'll be after the 2019 season. So my question is, looking at what the Chiefs are doing, because I don't, I, I have my thoughts on it. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. What do you think they're doing? Do you think they're all in for 2019 for sure? Because I know that's been the assumption, but do you really think they are? Or do you think they're building for the future? And if it was up to you, what would you do, Eddie? They they have to they have to go all in. Uh, I think I think they it, it it's a must that they have to go all in because when when you pay Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna pay him ridiculous amount you're not going to be able to bring big names to kansas city anymore because you won't have that that money to pay them out so you would you have to rely more on the draft and more on uh free agents and and whatnot but you you won't be able to bring those big names so now when patrick Mahomes is still cheap and you you can go out there and bring those names in i i, I feel like they have to go all in right now. It's all in mode in Kansas City. There is no other option for me. It has to be all in. I don't know what you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they should be all in, but they haven't shown that yet. Um, but I know this is us guessing on what they're going to do. I definitely think Beach wants to be all in, but we still need to find out about Tyreek. Um, he's obviously a big part of being all in. Um, what we got to do if he is gone, or if something does happen with him. Well, you know, what do we do then? Do we go try to find a big name if there's any big names left offensively in the in, you know free agency, which I don't think there really is, or you know, so are we going to draft you know offensive players in this draft? Who knows? Um, but it, it'll definitely put that to rest if we find out more about Tyreek and we and we say say we do go get a Pat P, um, um, or is Xavier Rhodes kind of guy? That'll definitely prove uh, that Veach is definitely all in. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board about being all in. I mean, we have no why waste any time. Why waste any time? Who knows what the future holds? Say we go all in and we and we win a Super Bowl and something happens. 
um, to where we lose a couple players and nothing's ever the same again. And this is our only chance to do it. You know, we take it one season at a time. And this season, I think you should be all in every season. I mean, you know, especially having a young quarterback, you know, making pennies right now. Um, yeah, I think we should be all in, but I don't know if that's the case just yet. Well, I don't know if the if the Chiefs really know that's what, what, yeah. what, they're, what they're doing. I, yeah. no, I, don't, I don't mean I don't think they know what they're doing. I'm saying I think they're keeping their options open as far as what their what their intention is. Yep. I think that if I if I'm reading the tea leaves, I think they are all in for 2019. That's Feach's personality it, for it, sure. It, yeah, the aggressiveness, who they went and got. Well, I, if I had to choose a side, I'm thinking it's going to be all in for 2019. But I because of the fact that in my five, my top five that the five points I had after the Emmanuel Ogba signing was one of them was Brett Veach isn't done. Yeah. The Chiefs aren't done with this offseason. I think they're going to trade for somebody. If that, in fact, is the case, if the Chiefs do, do, in fact, trade with the Vikings and get Xavier Rhodes, if they do trade with the Cardinals and get Patrick Peterson, they are all in in 2019. There put is it, no question. Let me put it this way. Think about it this way. We were all in last year. We went and paid Sammy Watkins to be the third wheel on this on this offense. And we also were rumored to go get Earl Thomas. No, they, they weren't rumored. They were going no, to get okay, him. Okay, yeah. okay yeah. wrong word. Yeah, we, were, we were going to get him. Yeah. We wanted to get him before the season even started. We, we were going to you know try to make a trade for him or whatever. So we were all in last year. I don't know why Beach's personality would change this year now that the league already knows and is prepared, uh, quote-unquote, prepared for Pat now. They've seen film on him. You know, now we have to be even more all in than we were last year, you know, to, to go over the top already than what we proved last year to be. So, yeah, I mean, the pressure's on on us to be all in, I think. I don't think this is a time to to sit back and try to think about the future. That's that's the yeah. key. It's the pressure. Right. Because for the first time, I think, in Chiefs history, the fan base is finally, I think, unified. You sit back and take a breath. Like, okay, what I mean by that is the pressure is expectation. Now that you've been in the AFC Championship, you fo- you hey, you hosted the, your first AFC Championship in Arrowhead history. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Okay, the fan base now is expecting Super Bowls. Right, at least getting there. So, for me, Brett Veach, he would be insane if he took his foot off the gas for this offseason, saying, "Well, we're going to still get guys, but it's going to be a process. We're going to go get project players." No, I think if he's whoever he drafts in this in this draft. First and foremost, I think he's getting guys that he believes will make impact immediately. Not guys that are going to sit back for a year. Yeah, they're not going to be guys that are going to be sitting back for a year behind. See, John Dorsey was famous for that. John Dorsey would always draft your replacement at a high uh, at a high pick. Yeah, he would go and like you saw that you saw what he did with uh, Brandon Albert when he drafted Eric Fisher. Mm -hmm. That was his replacement. Then you went and you drafted D Ford. You thought that was going to be Tom's replacement. D Ford was not as good as he thought we thought he'd be. Therefore, they had to extend Tom Bahali. So you had you saw that Brett Veach's style is completely different. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "Look, we're replacing old blood right now." He's playing Madden, dude, and we're changing the scheme. You. you know, under the circumstances because of Bob Sutton's inabilities. Yeah, we have to change the scheme. We have to go get a new DC, and we have to go and get new blood. So with this with this tactic, I think Brett Veach is going to be able to make a make a bigger impact by going the way he's already gone, which is aggressive. Mm. If he takes his foot off the gas at all and says, no, 2020, 2021, and 2022 are what we need to gauge for, 2019 is going to be a waste. Because although they will contend, I do believe they're the class of the AFC West. I do believe the Chiefs the class of the AFC, as crazy as that sounds with the Patriots just winning the Super Bowl, I do believe it's the Chiefs' time. 
And if you look at with Gronkowski's retirement, you look at Brady being another year older, you look at the AFC with the Steelers being a hot mess, losing two prolific all-pro players in one offseason. If you look at the Texans not being complete and having all their questions, is Bill O'Brien a good head coach? If you look at the Colts, is Andrew Luck going to be able to sustain health? Is Frank Wright going to be able to coach this way consistently? Is their defense good enough? Do they know how to spend their money? There's so many questions in the AFC that are surrounding the Chiefs. The Chiefs, in my opinion, like I said last week when I asked you guys, who has who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs? It's the Chiefs. Yeah. It is the Chiefs. And this follows through with it. If they do not attack in this offseason consistently, they've already been attacking with Tyron Matthew, with Alex Okafor, with Emmanuel Ogba, with trading away dead pieces, with getting rid of dead weight. Those are aggressive moves. I am 100% on board with uh, with keeping the future in mind. But this is a results-oriented business, and this franchise has not won shit in decades. So you have to take the opportunity that is now presented because you've built a franchise in the hands of a golden child of Patrick Mahomes. So you have to give him every capable weapon on both sides of the ball because he didn't have that last year, and they still went to the AFC Championship. You give him capable players on the other side. You trade for Patrick Peterson. You trade for an Xavier Rhodes. You pair that with Tyron Matthew, Bashad Breeland, and these these guys in the front seven. You are looking at not only the best team in the AFC, the best team in the NFL, and all signs point to a Super Bowl victory. Absolutely, man. And um, Like I said, a lot of this hinges – I think there. Who knows what kind of aggressive moves we would we would have seen Veach make if we are if we knew the outcome of what this Tyreek Hill situation is. Say Tyreek Hill was gone, and we found out he the day of that rumor came out or the investigation came out that he did do it, and he's going to be gone from the league. I guarantee you, he would have been making offers to the to the Giants about Odell. I guarantee we would have been one of those teams in the mix to try to get him if they were shopping him. So who knows? You know, if we would have seen that happen, we for sure would have been. Oh yeah, there's definitely all in. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, it just, it's, there's a lot in the dark right now. Um, but it, I, I have no question in my mind that Veach is definitely all in just seeing how he, how aggressive he was last year and how he was trying to make big moves just last year, you know, and, and, and Pat's prove it year. So him being already a proven commodity and the MVP of this league, he definitely got to be all in well, this year. I want to know from you guys, because the way I feel, and I, maybe it's just because I'm just a natural, impatient Chiefs fan because of just the way this team has always been about selling patience and selling the process. I don't fear aggressiveness as much as I fear complacency. Right. So if, if Brett Veach goes, because yeah. I've always said, you know, if you go and draft the quarterback and he fails, I'm not going to hold that against you because you went out and tried. Right. Did you fail? Yes. And you probably are going to lose your job. But my point is, as a fan, I appreciate the fact you at least gave us a shot. So with that, it goes across the board. If you're trying to build a championship team, staying complacent, the Chiefs the Chiefs could have very well just sat back and said, you know what, D, we're going to keep you on the franchise tag. We'll give you another year. You know what, Justin Houston, it's a lot of money we got to give you, but you know what, you've proven yourself. You're a pretty decent, productive player still, even as you get older, you've had your injuries. We'll run it back one more time. You know, Eric Berry, you're the soul of this defense. We love you. Yeah, the last year you said you didn't have the spirit in you anymore. We'll give you another opportunity to come and play for you know seven quarters for the season. They could have easily done that. And you know what? A lot of fans probably wouldn't have been as pissed, but it would not have put this team in the best position to win. And that's what I love about aggression. I think complacency is all we've known. And so it's easy and it's comforting and it's and it's 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 the devil that we know as opposed to the devil we don't. Yeah. So could could this blow up in our face? Yes. 
Yes, it absolutely could. Brett Veach could make the wrong choices. Andy Reid could make the wrong choices. Patrick Mahomes could regress. But do I expect that? No, I do not. Because the worst season we've had with Andy Reid in, in, in his era and the regime, as I like to call it, is 9-7. and seven. And it was a year that Alex Smith decided he wasn't going to throw a fucking touchdown pass to a, t- to a wide receiver all season. Right. Blew numerous games. We don't have those problems anymore. Nope. We have the best quarterback in football. Yeah. That's I don't mean I don't mean to simplify it, but that's where we're at. Yeah, we're done accepting mediocrity, man. That's all we've done. You know, we've had we've had good offenses, we've had good defenses, we've never had consistency on both sides. You know, and now all we need is this consistency on the defense for this team to be great. You know, we, we just just don't be absolute ass. That's all we're asking. Just don't be absolute trash on the defensive side, and man, and this team could go all the way. You know, and we saw that last year, just being inches away from it. So, yeah, man, um, all in. Hashtag all in for sure on this season. So hashtag Veach season. Yep. Hashtag fleeced by Be- Veach. <laughs> Veach by Dre. No, I was kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're gonna shut us down, man. Beat my Veach. <laughs> Beat my nice Trevor. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like that. James and the Giant Veach. Yes. He's uh, playing Madden, man. I love it. He's playing. You know, he's 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 out there just making moves, and we just got to find out about this Tyreek situation. It's driving me crazy. I know it's driving me everyone else crazy, but we need some clarity on what the hell is actually going on, man. Uh, that video he posted is definitely encouraging of him working out. It just it was a bizarre feel to it though. It, it it still felt very separate from the league to me. It felt really independent with him with that video, him working out and everything. I don't know. It was just it's just a, a really weird feeling with him right now, man. So I don't know what the hell's actually going to happen. It's worrisome. I, I don't think nothing's going to happen. I think Tyreek will be a chief come uh, week one uh, in the 2019 season. Yeah, it, it's been. Over a month. It's been, what, a month and a half now since we heard the news? Almost. It's hard for me to believe that uh, Overland Park Police has some kind of evidence on Tyreek and not have released it yet. When they're known to uh, not play sides or anything like that, not play favorites pretty much. Uh, for, For it to be a month and a half and not have TMZ break like a fucking story like they did with Kareem Hunt. It... it it's just hard for me to believe there's actually something there that can harm Tyreek's Hill Chiefs career. I, I just don't see it. I, I see the, I see Tyreek being a Chief come 2019 week one. This is why I'm glad that we got to talk to uh, Jay Binkley last week about this. I, I got I managed to slip the question in because I'm sure he's yeah. been asked all the time. Oh, and, yeah. And I asked him, and in case you guys missed the episode last week, it was episode seven. Uh, we are in episode eight now. We've actually surpassed the – the stereotype that podcasts only make it episode seven. So congratulations to us. But I asked uh, Bink. Hi, uh, haters. I, I asked, I asked Bink, Hey man, you know, if you were a betting man right now, would you bet that Tyreek Hill is playing on this team in week one? Yeah. And he said, yes, he does. He does fully expect that. So for me, yeah, it, I, I'm still exactly where I was before. I'm, I'm going to keep it a little bit to the vest because I don't want to be the guy that sides with someone who ends up becoming incriminated with something horrible. I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time. It's just weird, man. At, at the same time. And, and and I know I will get held to this if it, if it ends up coming out that he did something terrible. But for me, I, I am still somebody who believes you are innocent until proven guilty. And until, he, until I see his name on even a single police report, I'm not going to – but I don't care what his past was for me, for me, his past is what his past is. And I understand why there is the concern. That was a concern when they drafted him, even as a fifth round pick making no money. I mean, his cap hit this year, I think is $17,000. Yeah. He's not making money. It's here. just weird on that video. He's like, 
Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, I appreciate your love. He can't wait to get to work. And it's like, are you going to say something about what's going on, dude? Just please, can you just tell us? But just, you know he can't. Just like sign, you know, tap twice if you're he, good. He can't and he you won't. You can't. It's, I know, man. It's just like, it killed me watching that and like because see his social media. And I'm like, dude. You have to look at it this way too, man. He has to stay quiet for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Because if he comes out and he's exonerated, he's got a freaking lawsuit on his hands he can yes. use against the Kansas City Star. Oh, for sure. And I hope he does. He has every right to if, he, if this comes out completely clean on him, man. Like, that, I, that, be, that's, because that's, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, and I don't mean to interrupt sure. you, but it's funny. You know, everyone wants, Everybody wants to use his past against him in this situation. Why aren't we looking at the track record of the Kansas City Star? Which, by the way, is a dying breed right now in Kansas City and in the paper industry. That's newspaper. Period, so, yeah. so why don't we use? Why don't we be fair on both ends of this? That we don't know what their tactics were either. I'm sure they were given information. I'm not saying that they're out there just doing a bunch of shady shit. Yeah. My point is, I'm not going to incriminate somebody that I have a single. Sh- I don't have a single shred of evidence that he had anything to do with anything other than the fact it was at his residence. I'm not defending Tyreek Hill. I'm not trying to defend him. I'm simply stating the facts, and I'm going off of what we know. And what we know is what? Complete silence. There was police reports. His name wasn't attached to it. They've confirmed. OP police confirmed he was not a suspect. Yeah. That's all we know. So if I'm a betting man, and I'm going to stand on one of these soapboxes, I'm going to say Tyreek Hill is going to be a chief at least for another season. That's where I'm going to stand. Do do they trade him? Do they extend him? I don't know. We'll talk about that when that time comes. But do I believe Tyreek Hill is going to be a contributor to the Chiefs trying to win a Super Bowl in 2019? The answer is unequivocally yes. So that's where we're going to end that topic, guys. That's where we're going to end that segment. Uh, When we get back after these messages... Our guy, Eddie Ortiz, is going to do his weekly fill in the cracks. He's going to give us a little bit of insight on what is out there that we might have (laughs) missed as these spoiled American sports fans that focus on like two sports. I try to. I try to. Uh, Might not be the best at it, but at least I try. You're too humble, Eddie. So we're going to get back to that after this. Wasteland Society, an apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture. And the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. Hand-printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City. Shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. This is the Spoken Podcast. For segment four, I am your host, Lance Twidwell, with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's up? In the Casey Beard Co. Studios. This is a segment that I personally am a big fan of. Um, when we first started the show, it was just Eddie and I for the first episode. Uh, it was complete shit, but we loved it. <laughs> it's come a long way already just in the last seven or so episodes, uh, bringing my brother Trevor along. That was always the plan, but it finally you know, aligned to that point, and uh, Clay Windler, um, from Red Tribe Cinema being our producer. Thank you so much for everything you do as well, brother, putting this thing together and tidying it up, making it sound, yes. you know, listenable. Shout out. Uh, and for all you guys for listening, uh, we've had a lot of people sharing our posts, uh, a lot of people interacting, um, and that, which is actually the segue I'm doing with this because this is our segment known as filling in the cracks or filling the cracks with Eddie Ortiz, where he gives us some insight <sighs> outside of the football, baseball, basketball realm, gives us some soccer uh, gives us some racing, NASCAR, uh, you know, even Formula 500, uh, things of that nature. Uh, pretty much anything and everything that we don't touch on on a normal basis. And we actually had 
uh, somebody request um, uh, Eddie Ortiz's services this week in this segment. Uh, one, I believe his name is Ruben Martinez. Yes. So shout out to Ruben for uh, giving us some some material to work on. And uh, Eddie wanted yeah, to touch thanks, on man, it. For sure. So Eddie, without further ado, man, I- I've talked enough tonight. I want to give this platform to you. Fill in the cracks, brother. All right. Let's see. Let's. Uh, I want to start this off uh, by thanking everybody that listens. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, we do read your comments. We read your feedback, and we really appreciate it. And we hope you continue listening. Uh, For sure. So, all right. I want to start with uh, Sporting Kansas City. Now, yesterday, they went to Mexico, uh, Monterey to be exact, and they played in what is known as the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, we're talking these are the best teams in North America region only. So so you're talking Mexico, USA, Canada, Honduras, Salvador, uh, Panama. So all these countries uh, play in this uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Mm -hmm. And Sporting Kansas City happened to make the semifinal. (laughs) And the first leg was played yesterday. it was a sad, sad day for Sporting Kansas City. They completely got destroyed by Monterey 5-0. Now, that is that is a heartbreak. Uh, I am a Sporting Kansas City follower, so it was a heartbreak loss. It, but we all know, we all saw it coming. It's just the Mexico League against the U.S. League is just, it, it, it doesn't compare. It, it's not. It's also unfair for uh, these uh, teams who start the season in February, late February, early March, to go straight into uh, Champions League in middle of preseason and having to compete with teams that have been in mid-season form already. I, I think it's a an advantage other teams have on Major League Soccer, and I think that's something they have to work out later on, but we'll see. <laughs> but... On the on the on the positive side on that game, uh, we have two uh, Kansas City players, uh, Seth Sinovich and Matt Beasler, who broke uh, the all time international appearances for Sporting Kansas City with fifteen. Nice. All right. Now they beat the previous record holder, Kerry Savagnin. If I'm uh, hopefully I'm not saying his name wrong, but I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's a that's a positive side on that. Uh, I mean, nothing else on that was positive. They they had two shots on goal. Mm. Uh, Monterey had eleven, and obviously five of those went in. Sporting Kansas City had the possession of the ball for fifty six percent, but it, they just couldn't finish. They they can they can make those uh, plays, and obviously we know what the what the score was. Uh, and that's that's all I gotta say about sporting. Now they do gotta play the second leg on April April eleventh, if I'm not mistaken. And I I really hope they uh they don't they don't concede any more goals because already yeah. five is already a lot. So if you concede another two three, you're talking a a, a score of eight zero a total. Yeah, at least score. get some more shots on yeah, goal for you, sure. You need you need to you need to score more goals. Yeah. Uh, that's just the bottom line. Sporting Kansas City they they came off the weekend from winning seven one here mm. at home to losing five zero. That's just a dramatic dramatic drop. But like I said, 
you can't compare the Mexican league against the American league. It's just two different, two different beasts for sure. And like uh, Lance said, uh, one of our followers posted a comment on, uh, on our page uh, earlier this week. Uh, His name was Ruben Martinez. If I'm not mistaken, Uh, we appreciate your comment. I did read it. And I said, I would touch up uh, a little bit on this. Now his question was, how is it that other leagues get their player or recruit their players when there is no draft? Now, he said he, he wasn't aware that MLS had a draft, but obviously a lot of people didn't know that, which is kind of odd for a soccer league. And obviously a lot of soccer fans who are new to Major League Soccer find that awkward and weird in a lot of ways. So my answer to this question would be, the way other teams internationally do it is they host clinics. It, they call them clinics, but they're kind of like tryouts that they host in different big cities. Like they host them in Dallas, Kansas City, L.A., San Diego. Uh, you're talking Miami, New York. They host these clinics, and obviously scouts of these big teams or European teams, not necessarily big, but come out and uh, – watch these kids play. Obviously, after they watch these kids play, they they talk to the parents or whatnot, and they try to get these kids into their academy system. Their academy goes from, they some range from like five-year-olds all the way to professional. You know what I mean? Like, so you're, you're, you're drafting, not drafting, but you're getting a player to be in your academy for years, not just one year, two years, and then, go pro and get drafted or whatever. No, this, this kids, they literally spent their whole entire career, literally from like five years old, all the way to 16 or sometimes 18 years old. And they get promoted within the team. They get promoted. So obviously you, you got five, six, seven, eight, ten, 10, whatever, whatever your age is. And they just keep on growing, growing, growing until you join the youth, like the actual, professional youth club and i think to be cons- uh, considered a professional player you have to be 16 years old and i think that's that's the uh age i think in almost every league now i i, I know of some players that have debuted at 14 years old mm-hmm. i think that's 13 14 is the youngest ever in, in the entire world pretty ado wasn't he one of the youngest he was one of the youngest but there's uh definitely younger players yeah. than that but uh Eddie loves Freddie Adu. No, I do not. <laughs> I don't, I, that's why he's nowhere now. Um, yeah. So back to what I was saying. Uh, teams grow their own players. Now, there's a study out there that says uh, from about 20 players, only one makes a professional. Yes, you grow through this academy, but it is not easy. It's hard. It's kind of like trying to get into the NFL with all these uh, all these players trying to get into the NFL and there's not enough room. That's pretty much what soccer is. So you got all these players trying to make it a pro. Uh, not all of them make it Kind of like that show Undrafted. Yes. The NFL show. Yeah. yeah. So with uh, with a lot of countries, the, the laws and the way regulations are, the way rules are, it's really hard to to move any player under 16, really. So kind of like it'll be easier if a player is 16 years old, they, they can come and scout them and 
send them to their uh, youth program and then grow them if they really like them and then take them to that next level of professional soccer, your, your top tier. But here in the U.S., for some reason, they do it differently. They, they do the draft. You got to go to college. Now, obviously, you also have your academies, which uh, I believe Sporting Kansas City has a 16, 17-year-old right now playing for them. Uh, Bocio, Bucio, whatever uh, whatever his name is, I can't remember. But obviously, you can grow in the U.S. as well. But a lot of the times, it's easier to get drafted, to, to go to college and then get drafted. Uh, that That's your safest bet here in America. Why do they do that? I think because they try to copy like the NFL market, the the, the NBA, all of the, the sports, MLB. yeah, yeah. All so American sports, yeah. That's that's one of the reasons why the the MLS is a little different than everything else because uh, they have to compete against these giant sports here in America. Do you think it's harder for kids to go do a draft yeah. process, or do you think it's easier to do like the more the camp type deal, like tryout? Uh, to be honest, I ah uh, oh, man. It's hard to decide on which it, it, one would yeah, be harder. Yeah, exactly. If you want to be in the U.S., obviously you have to go to college and then get drafted. I mean, if you're trying to stay local, but if you want to be international, you have to you have to move uh move overseas. Yeah. you have to you have to take that next step. Like, uh, I don't know if you heard uh, of this uh, name, but Messi. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the ring- rumor uh, yeah. rumors are that he's he's been all right at soccer. That's uh, sources. Just sources indicate. Yeah, exactly. Heard he's so, good. Yeah. He yeah. joined Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, he joined Barcelona at 13. Hmm. And he went he worked his way up all the way to the first team. Until he debuted when he was like 18 years old, 17 years old. So, uh, if you really if you really think you're the best and you have a shot at everything, I think it, it would be better for you to go to a clinic or like kind of like a tryout deal for teams outside of America because MLS is such a small market still. Yeah. That you don't get that recognition around the world just yet. Yeah. I believe MLS will be there at one point, but I don't think they're there just yet. It's still a long process to go. It's still a young league. But we know America wants to be the best at everything, so they're going to be pushing for that hardcore, yeah. especially as it's growing throughout this country for exactly. sure. Exactly. But will it ever be there? Hard to say. Yeah. But – if if I was uh to be in that position, where do I want to go? Be drafted into MLS or take my chance and gamble, go to these clinics and grow in other teams and see if <laughs> I have what it takes. You know what I mean? Especially so, for this generation, Eddie, because if if I'm looking at the long term, think about it like this. Let's say you're right, and the MLS ends up becoming a, a big time, respected, global, you know, type type of, of sport or league. Um, these guys that are young right now. They can go and play in Europe and make tons of money and be famous. And then when they get older, they can come where? Yeah. To the yeah. MLS. And a lot of people call it the retirement league. It's for kind of factual. It, it is because it doesn't have to be a bad thing, though. You got, Not necessarily. You got yeah. the Ibrahimovic. You got the uh, Beckhams. You got the Kakas. You got the Pirlos. You got the, That's my guy. Yeah. You got the Frank Lamparts who come here to retire. Yeah. And, well, shit, now Wayne Rooney. And now Wayne Rooney, yep. who is also on his way out. The now, goats. these are top-tier players. And that is one thing that follows Major League Soccer, that title of retirement league. of uh, It is not competitive at all to where older players out, outperform your regular. Our young elites. Exactly. <laughs> so 
it, 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 there's a long way, long process, but I mean, I tr- I don't know. So well, this the hey, stigma <laughs> the stigma will end once they go and land themselves a 25 year old superstar as opposed to yeah. a 36 year old on his way out. They kind of did it with uh, Jovinko from Toronto. He he came here at 25. He he was a a superstar in Italy, and uh, why did he choose Toronto? Uh, still fucking baffles <laughs> me, but. He ended up leaving Toronto just this uh, off season, and he left because Toronto didn't want to pay him the money he 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 deserved. Mm. And he said he would have taken a pay cut, and Toronto just wouldn't want to do it. So, so Toronto uh, basically needs to be exiled. Exactly. So, I, I, young players come here; they don't know how to treat them. Older players come here, and they're like, you know, they give them everything they want. So, I don't know what Major League Soccer wants right now. Mm. So, <laughs> Ruben, hopefully, this answers. A little bit of your question. Uh, I tried to explain as much as I could, uh, as much as I know. Yeah. So that would be clinics and uh, tryouts to to make any other team in the world kind of thing. And MLS is drafts. Uh, I mean, you can go to their academies and stuff and grow and be a homegrown player, but it's a little harder to be that way. Uh, I, I think the easier route for MLS is through college. Uh, that would be your safer bet. So that is that. Filling in the cracks with Eddie Ortiz. Let's give it up for him. Good, good, good stuff, man. That was awesome. That was. I always feel like I. I'm serious. I always feel like I learned something more, man. When for you, sure, uh, man. That's good stuff. Them. It's uh, it's great, man. Because you know, having pioneers of 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 seeing the MLS, you know become more to the forefront of, of American sports and, 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 uh, and the world sports. Is, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be huge. talked about more for sure, too. It's, it's definitely growing in this country. It's, it's growing. But and I love that we're in the city where it's considered yeah, like the, the capital, capital of the sure. ML, uh, of the soccer, soccer in America. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I'm, you know, my house Sporting is five minutes from it, so it's beautiful, you know. And so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was filling in the cracks with Eddie Ortiz. I really appreciate, man, uh, you putting in your hard work to – answer questions like that or you know do you give us just a general insight of what you have for us and uh guys if, if, for anybody that's in our in our uh, uh facebook page the spoken um if you're not on there go ahead and just uh, add yourself there and I'll, I'll prove it um i if you have questions definitely ask eddie you can ask us we'll we'll uh call you out there let you know what we're you know what we got uh, give you our best answers possible um and like i said eddie and i had been talking about this all week once we saw ruben had posted that so if you have questions guys do not hesitate but while we wait for your questions, we're going to finish our show with the best, most exciting, some call it the blue pill of segments. Oh, Guys, man. it is time to hold this L. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> <laughs> Her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. This L brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Handcrafted skin and beard care products made with 100% organic ingredients for the last five years in Kansas City, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. Contact them at CaseyBeardCo.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CaseyBeardCo. Guys, this is our favorite. This is our favorite part. I look forward to this all week long, even when 
let's be honest here. We come into the show and we're like, shit, dude, I don't have anything. I can't exactly. think of anything, but we always seem to find it, it, that last little tidbit exactly. that makes us inspired to get it, our guy. It sometimes gets so hard because you don't, you don't That's know what it. she said, <laughs> because you don't know if, if one of you has what you, what you wrote. So it, it gets kind of hard because guys, we do not tell each other our whole distance. Yeah, we don't practice. The, I don't, you guys don't tell me your we, notes. No. So we don't we, share L's. Yeah. So <laughs> for us to have different hold this L's for eight episodes, it's, it's un, unreal. I'm but so proud of us. It, it is. Cause I love us. Let's go get some like, cheesecake. After <laughs> there, this. There's going to be a point to where we're going to be like, Oh fuck. You took mine. Yeah. You, fuck you. All right. <laughs> the plot twist is we've actually done every recording, but naked. Yep. <laughs> Ass naked. Ass, but balls uh, everything naked well, it's been great yeah. I, see i'm naked but i'm so hairy that it's you like wanderlust <laughs> oh wait you, that isn't a coat <laughs> <laughs> no. it's like wanderlust bro, up in here bro your nipples look like robin williams's knuckles <laughs> you, look, <laughs> you look you look warm Eddie's bro. nipples hold this hell <laughs> and the show's done Man, and uh, good night all right see ya eddie <laughs> What's who up? is holding the L this week, my dude? <laughs> Man, I just literally got done, got done talking about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Major League Soccer has to hold my L this week. Why? Mm. Because not only do they, not only are they the oddballs of the entire world, but they do have. 24 teams right now, right? They have three expansion teams coming up. They have Miami in 2020, Nashville in 2020, and Austin in 2021. That would make 27 freaking teams. And for them not to have like a relegation system to where if you tank, you get repercussions pretty much like every else like everywhere else in the world who if you tank you're getting relegated there is no ifs or buts there's no oh but but i didn't mean to or we weren't doing that or blah 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 major league soccer you can tank and just be fine and not have to worry about anything and just worry about rebuilding your team yada 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 so we're at 27 teams, right? There is four more potential expansion cities. That would make a total of 31 teams. And I think they're pushing for 32 teams just uh, to, to be in par with, uh, I believe, uh, NFL, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, NBA, uh, MLB. So – why do they have this many teams and not have two separate leagues? Like yeah. it baffles me. I don't, I don't know what their goal is. If you're trying to be a par from being the shittiest league in the world to becoming a, a world renowned league to where everybody <laughs> wants to come and play. Cause you're a top tier league, but you're including almost 32 freaking teams. And I have a relegation system and all they're doing is just fucking eating your money and that's it. Like, uh, it's almost like they're asking for an L. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. Like, like they were what? hoping you would give them exactly. One. So. Like how how do you like I, I don't know. Uh fuck the MLS. <laughs> I, I love sporting, but 
MLS just likes to be so different, and it, it's so fucking irritating. That video you showed me today from like the '90s when they first started <laughs> up, where they had the PKs where the dudes yes. run right at the goalie. It, it was like it was like hockey. No, like it, it's it was exactly <laughs> like hockey. It was hockey penalty kicks <laughs> and soccer. Who the like who hockey with who? cleats? Like it was so bad. Who like houseway? Yeah, exactly. How? Like you want to be a top <clears> league, <throat> but you come in and here and. Say, like, oh, we're going to do hockey penalty kicks. We're going to have 32 <laughs> teams, no relegation. We're going to get all these old players yeah. that are retiring. Like, let's be a top-tier league. So, MLX, hold this L. L. Trevor and, Twidwell, give us it. All right. Mine's pretty petty, man. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Steph Curry came out and uh, <laughs> gave out his top five all time, his Mount Rushmore. Again, this is petty. But um, I couldn't really think of much else. <clears throat> and this is kind of right up it my alley. It was a slow L week. This is, <laughs> is it fair to say? It was, it was a slow yeah, L week. Was. You guys didn't give us a lot of L's to yeah. hand out. What the fuck? Yeah, I need Stephen A. Smith to step his game up and give us some more L's. Got $10 million um, a year. He might as well. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, not, that's an L on its that's own. Right? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Steph Curry, if we all saw the video, he, uh, he was put on the spot to give out his, his Mount Rushmore players. And he listed his as MJ, LeBron, Wilt, Shaq, and Magic. I'm fine with that. That's that sounds that's pretty damn near close to mine. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I think a couple days after that, Kevin Durant was asked his top five. Um, and he then he then went on to list MJ, Kobe, Shaq, Magic, and Hakeem Olajuwon. Did they did they drug test him directly after that, or right. did they just throw him in a padded room? Okay, is, right. he, is he getting ready for the? And when I said or? and when I said I'm petty, <laughs> KD up my pettiness with pettiness of his own. Because there is not one single person that knows the game of basketball. You don't have to know the game well to know that LeBron is at least in the top five, let alone the top two, which is consistently argued between if he's one or two all time. Now we're talking five spots. And this dude is really petty enough to not put the guy he had to go ring chasing just to beat to get past not in his top five. It's just, I don't know, man. I felt that was just so, to me, it's just a, I don't know if it's, just, I mean, I know they're boys, I know they're friends, but it's just, uh, to put that out there for everyone to see that and you not even recognizing LeBron as a top five all-time player is just ridiculous. I think anyone that doesn't have LeBron in their top five just is strictly either doesn't know the game well, hasn't paid attention to the game, doesn't care about the game, or is an old head that is in denial and just sticks to their old time players. Or you're in direct competition with his legacy. Exactly. That was my next one. Or you or you're simply just still in denial of him being better than you still at the old age that he's at. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's like I said, it's petty. This isn't one of my best L's, but it, I, I just had to throw that out there that like you really putting Hakeem Olajuwon over LeBron James. You're really putting Shaq's whole career over LeBron James' whole career. I'm sorry, man. This doesn't. I mean, and Kobe. Not uh, even mention Kobe. <clears throat> I mean, Kobe. As far as individual player, great. Yeah, he was great. But the, the context of Kobe's career is what matters, and the context of LeBron's career is what. And I don't even want to get into that. It's a whole another rabbit hole that we got a lot of. Um, kind of like know. you know the fact that Kobe never once led the league in value of a replacement player. Right. Yeah. Well, dude, you're you're, you're 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 a lot of people aren't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when people that don't know the game and there's <laughs> facts. Um, these are facts bro guys i'm so confused right now i don't know what's going on right so uh, you're giving like, us the mls stuff <laughs> we're trying right. to get it translated yeah, like, and uh, i'm saying this and you're like i just no yeah. hobla bro what the hell anyone man? that doesn't have lebron james in their mount rush we're just it's either 
like you said, in direct competition with him and doesn't want, and, and is it is battling for legacies here, or just simply doesn't know the game. If Steph Curry is going out there to put LeBron on there, and him and LeBron have had way more disputes between the two of them than him and KD have had. Um, yeah, I mean that 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 speaks volumes there to me. So yeah. So would this be considered a petty L? This is a petty L. So <laughs> and I don't give a shit. So <laughs> so snake in the grass, Kevin Durant, KD. Hold this L. Hold this petty. Petty Petty I like what you did there. Yeah. Players Tribune and future Knicks player. I'm thinking. I'm thinking for the Photoshop. I might have to do the Players Tribune. Kevin Durant holding the L for the Photoshop. You should put the Knicks in the background. I I think that might have to happen. The creative juice is already (laughs) flowing, guys. Thank you for that. Because whenever KD takes an L, I'm super happy. Yeah, I just yeah. The guy's odd. He's kind of odd. I used to love KD, but then he. I did too. Thunder fan. He, yeah, yeah, I did too. Did, though to be honest, I used to he, love him. He did the Thunder so dirty, man. Like yeah. I, I think if he would have came out since the beginning, saying, "Hey, I'm not going to renew. I'm going to pursue what's better for my career." No. You know, kind of explain a little bit more, and you know, a, a lot of fan, a lot of Thunder fans wouldn't have felt betrayed. It wasn't even the move that bothered me the most. It is what it is. As a business, he chose. You know, he chose to go. That's fine. It's the, it's the whole transformation of his person persona once he got there. He, now he has that hold me back. Now that he has his boys with him. He exactly. has that hold me back mentality. Now all of a sudden he has like this bad guy mentality. Before even, he was even, never like that. Exa- even though he went to the because Russ did all that for all him. Time. Russ was always that guy for him, and now he's with the. Ever since he's been with the Warriors, he's always been like he's been getting in scuffles and like staring down refs and, and snarling. I think exactly. it's like so and, and, annoying, and, and, man. And it's not like he went to a fucking shitty team and made him better, right? Like, he went to a seventy-three and nine Golden State. Like I would understand that was who, like Kobe. That's who Kobe always was. He was always that you know stick his bottom it, row of teeth yeah. out at you and put the fist up in your face and not flinch at anything. He was a killer. That's- Did we ever figure out why Kobe liked to suck jerseys? <laughs> The sweat, the sweat. He's like a salt yeah, guy. Does he like? Yeah, was, does he like drink pickle salty. juice on the sidelines? He was salty, like, bro. He was salty. I've always tried to figure that out. But uh, yeah, to your point, I, I agree. I get, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant. I, I, yeah, you can definitely hold this petty, uh, L, my you, dude. KD, fuck um, you. <laughs> that didn't sound like bitterness at all, Eddie. Yeah. I, so come I, back, KD. Come sitting, back. I've been nah, sitting here. You, you guys, you, I, I would agree. It's been a slow L week. Um, there hasn't been you know <laughs> a, a, an abundance you know where we've been picking out. But I did have a couple. Not many eligible L's. <laughs> I'm gonna mute Trev. He's been suspended. I'm drunk. Uh, your pay has been. been you know, you're not gonna get your yeah, check. He's, he's outside. The oh yeah, no, yeah. Oh, no, no, he came back. Damn we it. probably should take that Black Tux <laughs> sponsorship now, so I can you know, invest, you know get that twenty bucks. But so you know, like I said, I I started the show with AAF. I could have definitely given them that because you know how pathetic it's been. I mean, they're two months into the season and they're already done. I mean, it's, they just signed Johnny Manziel, which would be my farther biggest name uh, in the AAF. The, I forget what team it was. I don't give a shit. Point is the AAF was supposed <laughs> to be like this, like minor league system for the NFL. And they're already done because they don't know how to spend their money wisely. Now you got the XFL Lit uh, AAF. You know, reprising their hype, Woo! you know, so I could have went that way. The point is, is that Lit- I thought that, Mr. I thought that was too easy. Man. I thought that was too easy. So what I did is I went with something that people actually give two shits about. And that's college basketball. Yeah. That's March Madness. Mm-hmm. So I I thought about multiple ways I could start this one. I'm going to go right to the heart of it, though. We know, and I'm as I'm dancing over here, I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm swimming. Arms. I wish you guys could see this is fucking pathetic, <laughs> especially since I'm naked. Yes. Um, 
March Madness is, I think, by far the, the the coolest thing in sports, at least in America, because of the fact that even if you like, we, you know, we have guys in the offices that are don't follow sports, but they just want to play. Yeah. So it's really cool for casual fans or people that aren't even sports fans. Right. So it's the coolest thing in sports. And the NCAA, we all know, are they're infamous for making things like a concentration camp. Everywhere we turn, there's suspend or there there something's some some rules being broken, some violations being made. And players are constantly under the gun. And then we have to have guys like Jay Billis try to, you know, make <laughs> sense of it or just destroy the NCAA, even though he's making a check to cover the NCAA. So, I, you know, March Madness is what they always can bank on. March Madness is what their revenue is based upon because you always have the big names in the dance, right? There's always the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kentuckys, the Kansases that are always in the dance. Except this year, guys. That yeah, just and sucks. Here's the thing. The entire tournament was hinging upon one player, Zion Williamson. Yeah, it was set up to fail. It was set up to fail. For sure. And if he would have made it there, it wouldn't have been. It would have worked. Right. But now justice is being served to the NCAA. I'm not saying they did anything wrong for March Madness. I'm saying that karma is a bitch because they've been doing things wrong for so long. Who's that karma? This is – I'll be introduce you later. <laughs> but they've done things so wrong for so long not just in basketball, but in sports in its, in its entirety, that I feel like they deserve this, where you have, and I'll respect the Tom Izzo uh, in Michigan State. I love the guy. He's a great coach. But let's be honest, they're not attracting people, okay? I'll, request, I'll, re, I'll, I'll respect to Chris Beard and Texas Tech. They're not attracting people. All respect to Bruce Pearl, who I think could be the most underrated coach in sports. Absolutely. They are not attracting people except Charles Barkley, okay? <laughs> And Virginia, yeah, he's coming back. I would. I'm not. I don't want to put you guys in the spot. I'm not going to do that. But I would love to know if anybody, without googling it, can tell me the coach's name for Virginia. Uh, I'm going to. Go I ahead. know it only because I follow college basketball enough. I'm going to go with the common know. last name Smith. No, he <laughs> is close. He, no, he has the same name as a famous Italian or a Jewish singer. Jewish. It's Tony Bennett. <clears throat> Anthony Bennett? Tony Bennett. Oh, my okay. point is this. My point is this. <laughs> I just named you the four teams that are left, and none of them have any type of emotional value or emotional attachment to any casual fan. Mm -hmm. If Zion Williamson was still a part of this, if Kansas, for the region that we live in, was a part of this, if Kentucky was still a part of this, if North Carolina was a part of this, you have brands. You have what people follow even if they don't truly follow. You follow me on that. They don't have that this year. They don't have that, and it's going to cost them ratings. It's going oh, to cost yeah. them millions of dollars. It's going to lose viewership. This, yeah, be one of the, I, this might be the lowest viewed and I, championship to, game to ever. Be, to be honest, uh, I am not a huge college fan. I, I do not watch college basketball, to be honest with you guys. But I do watch the Final Four and the the, the March Madness Final. Like I do watch that. Yeah. that. But this year, I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck these are. Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna worry <laughs> right. about it. Like I said, I know Duke, I know KU, right? I know See, that's Kentucky, my point. You're a guy that Carolina, doesn't follow the sport, Villanova. yet you you know the brands. Yes, you know the coaches. You're familiarized with them, even if you don't pay attention to the league at all. And honestly, so that's that's how, that's how most sports are, though. Right. Just like when everyone was complaining about the Cavs and the Warriors, you know, going back to back to back to back to back to back to back. But to back the ratings were high. The ratings exactly. were some of the highest rated finals <laughs> of all time. It's the like drama a, was high. It's it's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also like Major League Baseball. Nobody right. cares about the fucking season, but come playoffs, yeah. 
everybody's watching right. the playoffs. It's right. at least on the TV. So yeah. my, my point in this is I I'll be honest with you, I'm so glad this is happening because I cannot stand the NCAA. I think it is a horribly run organization. It's it, it's, it's, it's corrupt. Yep. It's, it's close to being it's, done. It's hypocritical, it's and I cannot wait for its fall. So NCAA, Trevor gave out the petty L to uh, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a fat-ass L to the NCAA. So NCAA, fat Jose L. hold this <laughs> fat-ass L. L. All right? Hold the L. Hold it, please. 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 Yes. Please hold it. Hold it. And if you don't, we're going to make you hold it. We're going to deliver it to you. And we might get an NCAA violation for that. Who knows? I'm not in college. Suspend me. I don't go to school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Joke's on you. Thank you all so much for listening. Oh yeah, Thank it's been an absolute blast. It was it's it's different not mm. having a guest here tonight, but it's always good to have the trio in, in, in full form and get to do our thing. And I feel like the show just flows really well. So I want to thank everybody uh, that's been listening, that's been supporting us from the beginning. This is only our eighth episode. We got a long way to go. Uh, football season hasn't even started up, and that's when it's going to be our bread and butter. I'm really excited about that. But yeah. I feel like so much has happened so far, and we could not be more excited. We look forward to doing this every single week. And I want to thank, again, all you guys, all of our sponsors uh, from Modern Man Supply Company, Commandeer, Midcoast, Modern uh, uh, Casey Hemp Company, Casey Hard Goods, Wasteland Society. I mean, the list goes on. Thank you guys all so much. Shout out, shout uh, out for being sure. Being here in the Casey Beardco Studios. Trevor, go ahead. Definitely. Man. I just want to say anybody that we, we've recently just got put on uh, Apple Podcasts. So anyone, I know that's a major platform for a lot of people. I know I listen to all my pods on there. If you do listen on there, definitely go give us a rating and review. Uh, five stars are, um, are preferred. Um, Trevor will send you nudes. Yes, if yeah. you if you give us five stars yes. of the studio, because I mean that's how we because do. he's that's the only one you'd want to see nude in this yeah. group. So yeah. yes, well I mean well, maybe, you can see Eddie as a teddy I'll bear, gummy bear. I'll give you some mid drift and some side boobs. So there it wanna, is. Hey, that'll yeah. definitely be in, in play. So I'm a, I'm a comfortable teddy bear that just happens to snore a little bit at night. <laughs> <laughs> the sleep apnea is minimal. Every, <laughs> everyone's got a tight man. So Jesus Christ. Definitely rating and review, guys. Please please rate review and follow us on Twitter. Uh at the spoken PC on Twitter. Uh Eddie, you are at Ortiz816. Yes, sir. Uh, Trevor is Treviathon89. Yes, sir. I am at Lance the Spoken. Uh follow us on there. Uh you can give us, like I said, give us a review on on on, uh, Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Uh get on Facebook, get on the spoken, join the conversation, guys. We'd love to hear from you if you have not already joined. And if you're already there. What the hell are you doing, man? Tell us what you guys want to hear. Get some questions out there. We will talk about it on air. So in that, for, for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell, I am Lance Twidwell here in the KC Beardco Studios. We will be next. We will be back here next week talking more sports like we always do. But until then, we are up out of this bitch. See ya. Toodles. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.